big is God. So big you can't get away from him. That's how big. Farther than your grace can reach. I lie awake at night and wonder How you can still put up with me I know I push you to the limits or so It seems And I start each day with good intentions Then I fail you in a thousand ways But still you keep forgiving me Of the same mistakes No fault, no wrong, no dark of night can hide me from your eyes and I cannot fall or climb farther than your grace can reach and I know you've heard this prayer I'm praying of what I've done and where I've been. And Lord, I don't deserve your mercy, but once again, you say, no fault, 
and no wrong, no dark of night can hide me from your eyes, and I cannot fall or climb farther than your grace can reach. Rock of ages, Bless us all, the weak and weary, captives of our flesh and blood. Our only freedom is the refuge of your love. No no wrong, no dark of night can hide me from your eyes, and I cannot fall a climb farther than your grace can reach, farther than your Glad you can't get away. He's always there. You stand one last time for me, please. How great is our God. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. Let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice And trembles at his voice How great is our God Sing with me how great is our God And oh see how great Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one. Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me how great. 
and all will see how great, how great is our God. Name above all names, you are worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. see how great, how great is our God, how great is our God, sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. great, how great is our God, how great, how great is our God, how great is our God, how great is our with me. Father, we thank you so much for your greatness, for your power, for your majesty, for your love that you have for each and every one of us. That you love us so much that it doesn't matter how far away we try to get, you can still reach there. You can still extend your grace that far. Father, help us to see that. Help us to do that with others in our lives. Help us to use And extend your grace to those we come into contact with. Father, bless Brother Denby tonight as he stands before us and speaks from your holy word. Use him to touch our hearts, to to change our lives. Help us to hear, Lord, not just with our ears, but with our hearts. And to leave this place different than we came. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. How great he is. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Our God is a great God. He is an awesome God. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of grace. And God will never take us where His grace cannot sustain us. He's a wonderful God. I just want to praise His name tonight. Good to be back in the house of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Old Testament. To the great book of Joshua. The Old Testament book of Joshua. The third chapter, I'm going to read verses 3 and verse 8, and then we'll pick it up with the 14th verse. The book of Joshua. I like Joshua. The young man God chose to take the place of Moses, to take the children of Israel into the promised land. Joshua chapter 3, verse 3, And they commanded the people, saying, 
When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Verse 8. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Verse 14. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam, that is, beside Zaratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And I want to read that 17th verse again. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And I want to preach tonight on the subject, holding back the waters of Jordan. Holding back the waters of Jordan. Our God is a miracle-working God. Our God is mighty. He is able to do the impossible. Those things that we think that God cannot take care of, God has a plan. And my God can do anything. There is nothing. I want to say that again with all that is in my heart and soul. There is nothing impossible to our God. The crossing of Jericho, or the crossing of Jordan over into the promised land to the, where the city of Jericho was, what was not a, it was not a thing that the children of Israel looked upon as a light thing. As a matter of fact, when God brought them to the river of Jordan, the Bible says that it was at the time of the harvest when the banks of Jordan were overflowed. It was a time of barley harvest. And Jordan, the name Jordan means descend or to flow down. When I was in Israel a number of years ago, I was privileged uh, to go to the headwaters of the river of Jordan. 
And as we approached where the water was coming out of this gigantic rock, the noise of, of the water, I mean, it began to be so loud that if the person that was standing next to you, you had to raise your voice in order to hear what was being said because of the rushing or the rapid water coming out of that rock, the headwaters of Jordan. And the waters descended all the way toward the Dead Sea. And there is a message here tonight because we, we live in a time that there are mighty waters of wickedness. There are mighty waters of sin and immorality that is rushing upon our generation like never before. And I know, as you do, that sin has been in this world since the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But it seems to me that, that every time you turn your, your newscast on, there is, I mean, there is so much ungodliness. There is so much wickedness that is coming down today so rapid and so forceful. If we're not Christians, if we're not careful as Christians, we will become so desensitized to the sin that is in our world. Church, let me tell you, God has not changed His mind about sin. Sin is still just as powerful today as it was, but to me it seems like there is so much in our world today. We have this same-sex marriage. God says that is an abomination in His sight. It is a sign of the end time. Men with men and women with women. i got to say it again. That is an, an abomination in the sight of the Almighty God. God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of that cesspool of iniquity. And I am preaching tonight, unless there is a revival in our land to stay the judgment of God, it is no telling what will happen in this country in just a few years. I know this is not popular preaching, but I've got to preach the Word of God. They came to Jericho to the river of Jordan at the time of the harvest, and God could have brought them there any time. Bible historians say, and some theologians say, that, that the waters of Jordan at the time of the harvest was probably about a mile and a half across. About a mile and a half across. And the water was rapid. The water was swift. Now get this, God could have brought them there any time. But He brought them there at harvest time. He was going to show them that He has mighty power. That He is a miracle working God. And I know we live in a time that some folks say, well, God don't work miracles today. You better look around. You're breathing, aren't you? 
What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever, and nothing is impossible to our God. There are three things that I want to preach about in this sermon tonight that can hold back these ungodly waters that we are facing today. Number one is, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. I mean, just as the children of Israel were to keep their eyes on the Ark of the Covenant, we are to keep our eyes on Jesus. Verse 3, He said, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests the Levites buried it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. They were to keep their eyes on the Ark of the Covenant, which represented Christ in His deity as well as His humanity. It was the presence of God. They were to keep their eyes on the ark. And there was a distance that was put between them so that, 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 that the ark of the covenant would never be out of view of any Israelite as they came to the brink of the waters of, of Jordan. Now the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, Chapter 12 in verse 2, listen carefully. It says in Hebrews, the 12th chapter in the second verse, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Christian mom and dad, boy and girl, you better keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't be pulled in by the cesspool of sin that is in our world today. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Keep your eyes upon the Son of God, the One who died on Calvary and was buried and was raised again and who is seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Keep your eyes on Jesus. As long as you keep your eyes on Jesus, Everything will be alright in your life. We get in trouble when we take our eyes off Jesus, don't we? Remember Simon Peter? Simon Peter said, Lord, if that's really You out there walking on that water, bid me to come to You. And Jesus said, come. Let me tell you something. I mean, He said, Lord, if it's really You, let me come walk on the water with You. And Jesus said, come. And I want to tell you tonight that when old Peter stepped out of that boat, he was walking on the water to go to Jesus because he had his eyes upon Him. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to see the boisterous waves and the wind and the water hitting him in the face, he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. And I tell you, we'll sink when we take our eyes off of Jesus. Oh Lord, we, 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 we have so much in our world today that we're just so embodied by. And if Hollywood can distract us, that's what they want to do. If the devil can distract you, that's what he wants to do. If he can get your eyes off of Jesus, then He's able to come in to kill, steal, and destroy. But as long as you've got your eyes on Jesus, you can come to the brink of the water. 
You can hold back the waters of sin. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, if you keep your eyes on Him, if you keep your focus on the Son of God, you can have victory in your life. And folks, that's what we need tonight, victory. I like that song, There's Victory in Jesus. My Lord, we serve a victorious God. We serve a victorious God. So keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There is a second thing in this text tonight. Trust in God no matter what the circumstances look like. I mean, if you're going to have, we're going to hold back the waters of immorality and all this that's in our world today, we got to keep not only our eyes on Jesus, but we got to believe God can do great and mighty things. I preach it at my church. I preach it wherever I go. That our God is not a dead God. He didn't retire 2,000 years ago. He didn't close the book and say, you're on your own, boys. But I guarantee you, When you come to your Jordan, Jesus Christ will be right there with you. And there might be somebody here tonight, you've got a Jordan in your life, and you seem to be losing your focus, or your trust seems to be wavering. Anchor your soul in the haven of rest, and know that your God can do great and mighty things. I want you to look at that great miracle. It says in the text, and listen. He said in verse 15, And as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, the priests, the Levites, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all its banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose upon a heap very far from the city Adam beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jordan. And verse 17 says, that God gave them dry ground. Folk, our God is a God that can give us some dry ground. Our God is a God that can roll back. I don't care what that stormy river might be. God can roll it back. They got there, those priests, I mean, they just stepped their feet into the brim of that water, and it just rolled back. Remember when the children of Israel came to the Red Sea? I mean, God brought them out of Egypt's bondage by the blood of the Passover lamb, and they got to that Red Sea, and and the Lord said, Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, Moses stretched that rod out over the waters of the Red Sea. God sent a mighty east wind, and the waters rolled back, and the children of Israel walked on dry ground. Let me tell you, God can do it again in your life. God can come to your aid. God can come to your rescue. They stepped into the brim of the waters of Jordan and God just rolled it back. I mean, as far as they could look upstream, there was dry ground. 
as far as they could see downstream. There was dry ground. And I know what some modernists think. Well, God didn't really do that. Yes, God really did that. I mean, God really did that. We need to be Christian men and women that believe that nothing is too hard for our God. Remember when God gave the promise to Abraham and his wife Sarah? They were up in years, past the age of childbearing. And God began to tell them, and Sarah laughed. I mean, she laughed. Why did she laugh? i tell you why she laughed. She didn't believe it. But the day came that Sarah conceived, and little Isaac was born. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for our God? Church, He's a God of might. He's a God of power. So get your eyes off of the circumstances that surround you and just trust that God is going to bring you through. And God's going to give you victory in your life. We have a youth group in our church too that meet on Wednesday night. And God is doing a great work there. And I'm sure that what I'm about to say is probably true in this church as well as other churches. We, we have some of our, our, our young people who, who, who come on Wednesday. That's the only time they come on Wednesday night. They, they don't have Christian parents. They don't, they're, they're not raised up in a Christian environment. There's no praying in the home. There's no Bible reading in the home. There's not a mom and dad that says we're going to the house of God today to worship the Lord. There's not a husband or a father who says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But yet we, we have these young people coming on Wednesday nights. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'll go ahead and say it. There, there was a lady in our church, and she's changed her mind. But she came to me one day and she said, Preacher, why, why aren't all those young people in church on Sunday morning. Don't you think it's a waste that we're doing this on Wednesday night? And some of these kids don't come to church on Sunday. I said, dear lady, you better think about what you're saying. These young people, they don't, some of them don't have any idea of what it is to be in the house of God. But a friend has invited them. And the only shot that we've got with them to give them Jesus is on Wednesday night. And the lady said, you know, I never thought about it like that. And right now, she contributes more than anybody to our Wednesday night. But they're so charged from every angle. I know kids 15, 16 years old, 14, even younger, 13 and 12 years old, they know more about things that I didn't know anything about until I was 17, 18 years old. Why? Because they see it on television. They hear it from their friends. They're, 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 I mean, it's just, like a, it's just like a mighty Jordan at flood time. It seems impossible. It seems impossible that there could be any salvaging. About three weeks ago, one Wednesday night, 
a young girl gave her heart to Jesus, and we don't know whether her parents were even going to let her come and be baptized or not, but thank God she knows Jesus as her personal Savior. So never stop believing that God can overrule the circumstances that you're facing in your life. Because just as soon as the feet of those priest Levites touched the brim of that water, I mean, it was just like, I believe, a vacuum cleaner under their feet. It just sucked all that water out, and the water stood at attention. And there was not mire. There was not mud. There was not any kind of dampness on that soil. It was dry ground. It was dry ground. And God can give you dry ground if you need that in your heart and in your life. We've got some families right now that I'm ministering to in our community. They're, they're not even going to church. We finally got one family on Easter morning to come. But, and they were talking with me and they said, Preacher, you just don't realize my husband and I, we both got this drinking problem and he's got a drug problem and the child protective group wants to come and take our kids. And I said, look what you're doing. You need Jesus in your life. And the woman looked at me and said, do you really think that Jesus can turn this around. I said, yes, ma'am. And you won't need a 12-step program. You won't need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. He can turn it around. And I'm praying tonight that God will give that family some dry ground and some victory in their life. Because Jesus died for them on the cross. So never stop believing in the mighty power of God. Never stop believing that your case is so impossible that nothing good can happen. God can give you dry ground. God can turn it around in your life. Now here's what I really want to preach tonight. Listen to the text verse. And this is the third point of my message. Verse 17, And the priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. All the day, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. What does that mean? That simply means this, that God first, He told him, He said, when you come, you get, you come to the brim of the water, your feet touch it, you stand still in Jordan. And then He said, you stand firm. In Jordan. How are we going to hold back the waters of immorality? How are we going to hold back the waters of wickedness? How are we going to hold back the waters of sin that's coming out of Hollywood and even the halls of Congress today and Supreme Court justices? How are we going to hold the water back so our kids can get across and our our kinfolk can get across and our families can get across? I'll tell you, when we stand firm and we don't so much as wiggle a toe, but we stand firm on the Word of God, we stand firm on the Holy Spirit, we stand firm in the mighty power of God and the presence of Jesus, we stand firm till everyone gets across. 
my little granddaughter. Parents, we should have had our grandkids first. <laughs> my, my little granddaughter, boy, she's got me wrapped around her little finger. And she can come up with some things. But I'm, I'm leading up to something here. And a couple of Sundays ago, she said, Pop, Poppy, do I, have to, do I have to go to church tonight? And I said, yes, baby, you do. Well, I, I'm tired. I don't want to go. I said, yeah, you, you're going to church. Pop, Pop's not going to preach long. You say that all the time, she said. And she said, well, just how long is that? But after the service that night, we were saying our prayers before she went to bed because I would take her to school on Monday. And she said, Pop, she's just not quite at that age yet, but she's getting there. And she said, Pop, she knows this though. She said, when I get saved, I want you to baptize me. She said, I love Jesus. And I said, well, baby, and I went through it with her and I could tell that she's right there at that age, but she just... You know what I'm saying. Just not quite there. But I believe in God. And I want to stand firm. In old Jordan, oh Lord, till my last grandchild is saved. Let me tell you something, church. We're talking about something that's real tonight. You don't think the devil's after your kids? You don't think the devil's after your family? You don't think he wants to get a stranglehold? I'm here to tell you tonight on the authority of the Word of God, if God has brought you to your Jordan and you're following His leadership, you set your feet firm, you don't so much as lift a foot until they get saved. You stand firm on the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus Christ until they get across Jordan. They did that. Boy, I could just see those priests out there. Now, I don't know how it was. I wasn't there. Of course I wasn't. But I want to picture in my mind, you could just hear a rush of water as that water was coming down, gushing out of that rock I told you about, the headwaters. Rushing down. And God said that He caused it to be a heat. There was nothing there holding that water but the mighty hand of God. If I'd have been one of them priests, I might have been old ye of little faith. I'd have said whatever the name, Nicodemus, Jethro, whoever, don't you wiggle a toe. Can't you see we're right in the middle of this Jordan? Don't you wiggle a toe. You stand firm. I can see a little boy passing by Daddy, is it going to be all right? Maybe he turned and looked at that priest. Don't you lift a foot till I get him across. What are you preaching, Brother Denby? I'm trying to get us to see tonight that we need to stand still. We need to stand firm in the middle of our Jordan that our children and our kinfolk and our neighbors might come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Oh, Lord. And the time came when every Israelite, every 
grandma, every grandpa, every mama, every daddy, every son, every daughter, every boy, every girl, every Israelite, all the Israelites, all the people were passed clean over. And then the command came, boys, you can move out a little further now, but get twelve stones and bring with you. What are you saying, preacher? I'm trying to tell you that God will... Go with you and He'll take care of you when the world says there's no way that you're going to make it. God will see that you make it. We had a lady in our church years ago. Now, let me just say, lady, I'm not picking on ladies. The first one was a lady. (laughs) We had a lady in our church and she come out by me one Sunday and said, Preacher, you really do preach a whole lot on the mighty works of God. And I said, well, if you preach the Bible, you've got to preach the mighty works of God. I'm glad I can preach the mighty works of God. I'm glad when my, my back's against the wall, when things aren't going right in my life, and it looks like I'm facing a Goliath, or I'm facing a, a Jordan, or I'm facing a Jericho, or I'm facing whatever's out there. And I get a little bit discouraged. I can turn in the Bible and I can see what God did for Joshua. I can see what God did for Moses. I can see what God did for the three Hebrew children. I can see what my God did. My God is a great and a mighty God. So remember these three things tonight. The only way that we're going to hold back the waters of wickedness, sin, immorality that is flowing down upon us today is number one, keep your eyes on Jesus. Number two, never stop believing in the mighty power of God. And number three, stand firm with God in your faith and on His Word. That will hold back the waters of sin. Let me just add this one little thing. Everybody is focusing on the midterm elections. They're focusing on the election in 216. Let me tell you what. No politician, Democrat, Republican, or Independent, is the answer for the problems that we have in America. I'll tell you what the answer is. The God of this Bible. And God said, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That's the answer, the God of this Bible tonight. Let's all stand together. I'm going to pray, and Brother Michael's going to come. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, or you need to rededicate your life, or God has spoken to you specifically about something in your heart tonight pertaining to a Jericho you might have in your life, bring that need to Christ. Come to this altar. Let God have His way as we pray. Father, we thank You tonight for Your mighty presence that we feel in this house tonight, in the song service, in the special that was brought by Brother Paul. And Lord, I ask tonight that You would minister to every heart, that You would have Your way in this service tonight, especially that soul that might be lost, or that one that tonight who may be backslidden before You. May they bring their case to You. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.